Hello, nerds. I'm Tony Sindelar. Welcome back to The Incomparables uh, TV coverage of Batman the Animated Series. Uh, that's right. Uh, we're doing uh, podcast episodes about select episodes of Batman the Animated Series, a cartoon that aired more than 20 years ago. Uh, some people actually asked for this, and here it is. Uh, so the format of this podcast, uh, if you listen to uh, Incomparable episode 296, I convened a panel to talk about uh, 10 of my favorite Batman the Animated Series episodes, uh, and I had a great panel for that. Uh, but I then got lots of comments about people who are like, why didn't you talk about my favorite episode, which is X, Y, or Z? And the answer is because I had to pick 10. Uh, and they were kind of my top 10, but kind of wanted to get some range too. So why not have one-on-one uh, -on -one conversations with people about uh, maybe not their favorite episode, but an episode they really liked or was particularly important to them or exciting or worthy of conversation. Uh, so uh, my guest today for this episode uh, is Sam Einhorn. Um, hi, Sam. Hello. So, Sam, I've met you uh, a few times in person, but I mainly know you uh, from the Twitters uh, because uh, you tweet about comic stuff uh, a decent amount, a lot. I would say a lot. It's probably, lot. I don't know, at this point, 80% of my feed. Yeah. And, I, you know, I don't I don't want to, like, label people or classify them, but uh, from my perception, uh, you know a lot about comics uh, and have a lot of thoughts and feelings about comics. I would definitely uh -huh. say I know a lot. I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about comics. How much I know is really dependent on who I'm talking to, I guess. I would say I know more than your average person and maybe more than your average comic fan about certain stuff, but I definitely... I'm trying to be humble. I don't know a ton. I, I'm going to tell you that I feel like I thought I knew... I think I know a decent amount, and I feel like I'm probably, like like on a level and it's like a big, like on a step. I'm, I'm, I'm several steps below you such that it's hard to, for me to ascertain, you know, what levels people are at. It's just, you know, people up on top of a mountain uh, with, with very strong feelings about comics. And I'm, I'm kind of down in the hills being like, Oh, Oh, um, but I like comics. Uh, I like Batman a lot. Um, and uh, you know, so, so you have a lot of feelings about comics. Uh, I, I hope that you have some kind of positive feelings about, uh, if not Batman, the Batman animated series, which, uh, you know, there's lots of people who kind of neutral on Batman, but have uh, good things to say about the Batman animated series. How, how, are, how do you feel about, yeah, about Batman, I'm one of those Batman the world of Batman? Sort of neutral on Batman. I, I like, I've liked certain runs of Batman comics, although most of them happen to be when it's not Bruce Wayne, Batman. Um, I like the extended Bat family and really enjoy extended Bat books. But as far as sort of my favorite version of Batman on my screen, it's definitely Batman the Animated Series, which I watched when I was a kid. Um, around the same time, I was kind of getting back into DC Comics um, from just reading them randomly as a really little kid. And uh, I really liked the art style and it made Batman, if not likable, a watchable character for me. And I, I really liked the world that they built up out of there. So I would definitely say I'm a neutral on Batman in general, very positive on the animated series. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of Batman out there. Yeah. Uh, many people would say too much Batman. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of Batman. I think if you like all versions of Batman, um, I, I mean, you know, you're doing great because there's a lot of it out there, but right. uh, that is, I mean, I, I like a lot of Batman, but I do not like all versions of Batman. Yeah, that's how I feel about <laughs> Superman. That's I, I love yeah. Superman in general, and there are a lot of Supermans out there, and I don't love them all as much as I love some of them. And some yeah. of them I actively do not like, but uh, I like a lot of Superman. Mm-hmm. So uh, the episode that you picked uh, for us to, uh, to chat about today uh, is called uh, POV, uh, for Point of View. 
Uh, I'll give you, for listeners, here's the really quick uh, overview of the episode, if you haven't seen it or haven't seen it recently. Uh, several uh, Boston, uh, not Boston, haha, <laughs> several Gotham uh, police department detectives and uh, officers are on their way to a uh, basically a sting. Uh, things go really bad. Uh, they end up kind of being interrogated by internal affairs and have conflicting stories about what happens. Uh, in the end, they, they, they turn in their badges and their guns dramatically. Uh, but somebody has to save the day and solve the case even without a badge. So that's what I'll tell you. That's the spoiler-free uh, version of the, uh, of the episode to hopefully entice you if you haven't seen it recently. Uh, but from here on, we're going to jump into nitty-gritty details of a cartoon that aired like 26 years ago. So you've been warned. Um, so, uh, Sam, why did you, uh, you pick this episode for us to talk about? Uh, well... As you know me on Twitter, and as I talk about a lot, I love Renee Montoya. She's one of my all-time favorite comic book characters, and this is sort of her big, if not official debut, the like debut of her as an actual meaty character with something to do. Um, not just in the series, but in general. I mean, they, they put her into comics first to kind of backdoor her in, which I think they did with Harley Quinn, too. But um, this was sort of like, she gets to take center stage in a lot of ways, and it I don't remember feeling like it was super cool at the time, but uh, when I grew to love this character about, I don't know, a decade after uh, this episode aired, I, I went back and watched it. And then I haven't watched it since then. And it was it was really fun. So I, I definitely picked it for Montoya, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is like this is this episode is about Montoya. We get a, a little bit with other characters. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's kind of, to me, it's amusing. A lot of the episodes that people have picked as some of their favorite Batman, the animated series, or like the most memorable are episodes that do not have a ton of Batman in them. Uh, and like, this is one, you know, Batman is there, but he is like, he's like the side character in this story, right? Yeah, he really um, is. He didn't even talk, I think, for the first, like, you don't hear his voice for the first maybe 10, 12 minutes of the episode. Yeah. And we don't see him uh, as Bruce Wayne. We get very little that's kind of from his perspective, right? I, I mean, I mean, I was essentially say there's nothing from his perspective. Like yeah. he's there when Montoya goes and does stuff, and uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to spoil it in the, uh, the 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 overview, but like this is an episode where like Montoya saves the day, right? right. And she even saves Batman. <laughs> right, she saves Batman a couple of times and yeah. solves the caper, and and it's cool because it's not just through uh, being in the right place at the right time. She figured it out. Yeah. which was really nice to watch. Um, so to kind of get into the specific details, uh, we have this like dramatic opening where uh, Montoya and, uh, you know, he has a name, I've forgotten it, but the rookie basically are on their way to a sting. Uh, to, they're, they're supposed to meet Bullock there and they show up and like the, the warehouse is already like on fire. Uh, and that's really dramatic. Uh, and some stuff happens, but we then cut to this kind of neat, uh, the kind of the middle chunk of the episode is, uh, the like lieutenant from Internal Affairs interrogating uh, Montoya, Bullock, and the rookie about what happened, and they they all have these not necessarily uh, conflicting but different perspectives on what happened. Hence the name of the episode, uh, point of view. Uh, and th I just thought that was like a really cool concept for uh, what is effectively a Saturday morning cartoon show for kids to do this like. We're going to show you kind of like Rashomon style, different perspectives of the same story. Uh, one of the narrators, specifically Bullock, is like not a reliable narrator, uh, and like that's just like I thought that was a really cool mechanic for a, for an animated cartoon. Um, yeah, I liked it too. It, actually, two of the narrators weren't reliable because the rookie, whose name I think is Riggs, I'm not sure, um, because he we get to, so with Bullock, he I literally just watched rewatched this uh, in 
preparation. But with Bullock, he lies about what he sees, but the cartoon shows us what actually happened. So Bullock says there was a loud noise, but the loud noise was him falling. And then with the rookie, he tells us what he thinks he sees, which is like Batman pointed at the guy and he fell down. When in reality, like Batman threw a grappling hook at him. Um, so it it was kind of cool to see that. And then you have, I guess, your reliable narrator, who's Montoya. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I really liked that it did. And I, I agree with you. Like, I, you know, I was maybe 11 or 12 when this first came out. I didn't know anything about things like Rashomon or stuff like that. But me neither. Yeah, right. Exactly. Going, going back as an adult, it's, it's really cool to see them to trust kids with that kind of narrative. And I'll be honest, I think as a kid, uh, like, I don't think I totally picked up on it. Right. Because uh, we have the thing where, you know, Bullock is saying one thing about like, doing stuff by the book and being there, you know, and, and having a plan and stuff. And that's not what we're shown, right? Like he, he, right. he, he says something like, you know, Batman was already there. So I had to go in and it's like, Batman wasn't there yet. And some, you know, the more obvious, like something spooked him. And then they show like him, like tripping on a paint can and, uh, you know, starting the fight. Uh, so, but I also, I really like the perspective from the, uh, from the rookie who like, I feel like he, that's kind of like giving us like the eyes of like how like the, the average person in Gotham, uh, who's kind of like bought into the like the, the, the mythology of Batman, who uh, is not just like a really tough guy with ninja powers, but has these like magical abilities, right? Uh, supernatural abilities. Yeah, like to to this kid and probably to a whole bunch of people, in the film, that Batman's a real superhero with superpowers, not just a guy in a suit doing the cop's job. Um, and and I think that yeah, right. I agree with you. That was that was really cool. It was cool to have those. And again, I think I think one of the cool parts about this episode really um is that pov really stands for a lot of things so it wasn't mm-hmm. just their point of view on what happened but also their point of view on batman and uh their point of view on on their jobs really in general you can mm-hmm. i mean and that and i think it's like I, the best animated series because i've really gone back to animation now, adult are the kind that you can go to as an adult and get stuff like this out of them. yeah definitely um I think in that you have the kind of I mean there's so many things that it's and it's interesting especially this is a pretty early on in the Batman animated series uh, that they do that kind of subvert what you would expect about like a superhero story even I mean even so you know they have this bus that goes bad uh, and Batman gets captured it's it's later kind of played for like maybe he meant to get captured but probably not right, right. like Batman actually gets captured by the mobsters and he's there at the the docks when when Montoya gets there. Um, and like, you know, it's not Batman swooping and say, it's like, no, he, you know, he saved some people, but he also like got beat up and, like, you know, fell under like a, a pile of burning timbers and some monsters carried him off. Um, yeah. So and you know, you point that out. He loses. That's really a good point. He loses and he would have lost several more times without the help of a mm-hmm. quote unquote civilian, a non-hero, you know, mm-hmm. a non, a non-costumed hero, I guess. But, um, yeah, you're right. That does subvert a lot of the sort of superheroes are invincible tropes, which I guess is one of the things about Batman in general I never liked was that similar to how I feel about Iron Man is that they always seem so invincible despite having no powers. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe that's one of the reasons I connected with this because you're right, it was early on. And I guess seeing Batman that way and getting rescued by a regular old person was kind of cool. Yeah. I also like, I mean, I, one of the things I like about Batman in the animated series is that the Batman detective role uh, gets played up more than in other. I mean, that's that's one of the, Batman is 
you know, in the in the Batman world, he's the greatest detective. Right. Um, but like, there's a lot of versions of Batman, a lot of Batman stories that kind of forget that. Um, and I like I like that aspect of the character. So I, I, I like that he come that comes out a lot in the Batman animated series. But in this episode, it's Montoya who's the detective, right? And she basically pieces together like there's basically two two pieces of a clue: one that the rookie heard, and one that she overhears. And after everyone's had a chance to to uh, tell their side of the story she's the one that basically solves the mystery right so we still have that like there's going to be a little bit of a detective mystery story here in this batman but it's not batman who's going to solve the mystery uh it's montoya yeah which was really cool especially knowing the character's kind of arc and history to see the beginnings of that it's almost like seeing her origin story as the character she becomes later um and now i guess i'll give a little bit of a spoiler for something that happened 10 15 years ago in comics which is I mean, I think actually in the course of some of the animated series, she becomes a detective on the Gotham uh, mm-hmm. police force. But and then in, in Gotham Central, which was written by, co-written by I believe Baker and Rucka, um, I definitely Greg Rucka because those were the parts that I loved the best, um, which were her parts. And, and you know, you sort of see her as working as a detective, and and eventually later she gets to be her own superhero, so to speak. Again, you know. Spoilers for things that happened 10, 15 years ago. Um, and she gets to be a very uh, detection-oriented superhero. She's not a superhero. That's, I mean, she has martial arts abilities, but um, so she becomes, I guess, the question. And the question goes around asking and answering questions. It's just so cool uh, to have, to like, I definitely, I grinned a little grin seeing my favorite character start off as a detective right away, uh, even if she's in uniform. And I think I think that was really neat. But to see her sort of stand in for Batman and know that 15, 20 years down the line, or one month in comic time, who knows, <laughs> she she ends up really stepping into her own role as that. That was really neat. Yeah. I've talked about uh, Gotham Central before. I, I like I really like that comic series. And I, people always, I, I kind of laugh when people talk about the Gotham TV show as like Batman minus Batman. Oh, and I it's know. like... There's already like there's there's a long proud history of Batman minus Batman yes. and it's not bad. Uh, Gotham not always great, but there's there's other good quality Batman stuff that doesn't have Batman in it. And you know, and I, I like a lot of the other Batman titles. So I like some of the uh, current non Batman world titles that more than I like the Batman world titles with Batman. Yeah, uh, I really like the current Batgirl uh, title. Um, but yeah, so Gotham Central for for people who aren't familiar with it is basically like a police procedural as a comic set in gotham uh does batman ever appear in it he, he does he does appear in he it I, I, re- I recently reread it uh over the winter i think and he does appear in it a little later but he's certainly not in it for the first i think there were about 30 issues and he's not in it for the first maybe arc or two other than really as a shadow but they talk about him all the time which is well they live the cool right, right. I mean, he, but, he's in the news and that's sort of <laughs> one of the coolest ways to experience batman now batman is the mythology of batman particularly with these people who have to, whose lives intersect his so often. I When they announced Gotham, I had such high hopes that it would be Gotham Central Life. Um, they even cast Renee Montoya. They had a Renee Montoya. They had a Christmas Allen. It's her partner in Gotham Central. And, uh, and boy. We got something different. Whew, really, really different. So. <laughs> yep. Just, just a little bit, a lot yeah. different. Yep. Yeah. And so you, you, you already mentioned, uh, 
uh, that uh, Rene Montoya becomes uh, the question. Now, I'm guessing not everybody is familiar with the question because I, I, he's kind of not your uh, not his top tier name brand uh, DC uh, character. Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, who the question is and why you like the question and what people should know about the question? Yeah, so the question actually uh, predates Rene Montoya by a long time and was a guy named Nick Sage who uh, he was sort of... I always try to think of it like a lot of people are familiar with Watchmen, right? And the character of Rorschach was kind was basically the question. Um, he's a guy who wears a mask in, in a lot of continuities, a mask. Sometimes it's like a gas that makes him look like he has artificial skin where he has no face as opposed to Rorschach's uh, uh, shifting face. But he's from Charlton comics from back in the day in the, in the, 30s and and he was this guy who's just sort of around and, and kind of um being one of those boots on the ground kind of guys in dirty cities and then in the 80s uh he kind of got reinvented almost um as this like martial artist with this really zen sort of teaching um and that was that was this great series by denny o'neill um which so I I went in liking the character of the question kind of like offhand for a while, and one of the cool things about him is that he's just one of those guys who just really firmly believes in what he believes in and just goes and beats the crap out of people um, to solve crime for the things he believes in. Which you know, and uh, so what happens is in in the series fifty two, which again spoiler spoiler alert for fifty two, which came out a while ago. Um, the he has cancer and he finds Rene Montoya, who's in a really downtime uh, due to the end of uh, what happened at the end of Gotham Central and a lot of things. Um, and he basically trains her he, without her knowing it to to take his place, and she becomes the question. So it's in that was all Greg Rucka. He wrote her through Gotham Central in '52 and then into her own books, uh, which. Uh, a miniseries called Crime Bible, and then in a backup series and some comics after that. But uh, yeah, so I I guess the question is sort of they call, I think they called they've referred to him as like an objectivist antihero or objectivist hero because he's really like that. He's he he has that sort of Ayn Rand philosophy, um, or has in parts of his history. Um, but yeah, I mean the the question I love the most is obviously Renee, but I I did like. I liked Vic Sage a lot. Uh, he passed the no face off to her. And so he's really no. So like the, the question is known for his blue fedora and jacket and having no face suit and tie. And when she took over the role, she looked exactly the same as him, except a woman, which is also awesome. It wasn't one of those sort of gendering of the characters. That was my ramble on the question. <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah, and I mean, I think th I, I I think this episode works uh, great just on its own as like a standalone episode, but it is kind of extra exciting that it's you know it's not the first appearance, but it's like the first real story we get about this character that ends up like doing a lot and doing being a part of a lot of different things in DC Comics continuity. Um, so yeah, yeah, and that's one of the things that sort of looking back, the animated show is great for, right? Because the, the number one selling DC comic right now is Harley Quinn, <laughs> you know, and she's going to go have her own movie. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of cool. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as this episode goes, I, I think watching it, I, I, 
oh, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like what I remember the series was like, but at the same time, it has a lot of the things I do remember about the series, Commissioner Gordon, Bullock especially. It was, you know, I, it was, I, I mean, it was just such a Bullocky episode too. Like everything I remember about Bullock was right there. <laughs> <laughs> there's not a, he's there's not a lot of he doesn't have a whole a lot of range to Bullock. No, he doesn't. Anime but um, that was another thing. Like this is almost like a proto Gotham Central this episode. And Gotham Central made me like Bullock more too. It made it fleshed him out as a character. Um, so again, it's just a, a sort of a joy to revisit these characters in their infancy. It is. It is impressive how much like uh, is locked in right from the beginning in terms of like the style of the episode and, and the role of the characters and uh, kind of what what place they have. Uh, there's some stuff that does feel like I think changes a little bit, you know. And sometimes it, it's even like just you know the style of the episode. Uh, this episode has a pretty extended kind of fight scene at the end uh, with Montoya and Batman kind of working together to take down like a pretty large number of uh, 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 mobsters uh, who work for, I think he's just called the big boss. So it's not, this is one of their episodes where they kind of have uh, kind of more generic uh, mobster villains instead of like a classic Batman's rogues gallery. But there's this extended fight scene uh, that's, you know, I think it's probably more cartoony in its violence than a lot of the other Batman stuff. Um, there's like ridiculous things. There's like a mobster who keeps like getting knocked into the water. Yeah, that was and, great. Uh, yeah, I do like the. I, I I laughed when I saw it, even though I've seen it like a zillion times. There is a scene where basically like a mobster rides a forklift at Batman, and Batman deals with the mobster, and then Batman commandeers the forklift <laughs> and is like dramatically driving a forklift across the dock and drives the forklift into a boat to stop the boat from getting like a giant freighter yeah. to stop the freighter from getting away. I had a lot of questions about yeah, that. And it crashes <laughs> into a room where two guys just happen to be sitting playing poker, like playing cards. Yeah. Um, yeah. That seemed like, I mean, I was like, Batman, do you actually know who, like, I mean, there are bad people on this freighter, but like, do they own the freighter? Like the freighter then like crashes into the, do- like yeah. he causes a lot of destruction. Collateral damage there. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is then perhaps maybe even kind of one-upped when uh, Montoya uses like like a claw game crane to grab the escaping um, bad uh, big boss as he's running away, and like presumably he's okay, but like the strategy she used to grab him seemed like heavily at risk for like like losing like, dismemberment. Yeah, and right before um, she grabbed him, she dropped a giant box conveniently right behind the group of mobsters who are about to attack Batman. So instead of smushing them, they all fell into the water. Um, yes. Except for the one who clung, wily coyote style, until the pole went down. You know, usually there. I mean, it, and some of it is. I think it's it's kind of cartoony and played for laughs more than other parts. But it does. It, it feels a little weird because it is so kind of like, it's a little like disproportionate violence and like. Usually Batman is so uh, about like ridiculous things to do, kind of uh, less violent or at least non-lethal attacks. And this time it's like, no, we're chopping crates, we're, we're throwing uh, forklifts, <laughs> we're grabbing people in cranes, whatever it takes. Yeah, it was kind of uh, a classic bam, pow, whiff moment. Yeah, um, which feels a little out of place with some of the other episodes, but you know, sometimes they go. They, sometimes the violence is, is more cartoony than others. Um, I think it balanced the story. I mean, you have a story about mm-hmm. three cops who are being investigated by internal affairs. If you know, if you're at all old enough to get what's happening in that story, where they're suspended from the force, and you're supposed to think one of them's a dirty cop, and you know, having cartoony violence is a good balance for that. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about the? Uh, there's the ending scene where. Uh, and like I, I, you know, I also like why are they all there? But like, like literally, the lieutenant from IA like shows up and he's like, you can't, like, you can't get credit for this, Montoya. We like literally took your badge away, and like 
Commissioner Gordon yells at him, and then she does the like everyone gets the credit, even Bullock, who is like we don't know it, but is actually the source of all the problems. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I you know for me again, this is like proto Montoya to me, and and I can't imagine later Montoya doing that. Although I think she did do something like that later, but not that I'm stuck on one version of her, but. It was kind of interesting to see. She was just such a friendly, like, ho-hum, bullock at it again. I'm going to help him out. <laughs> slippery, slippery slope of just helping the corrupt. Uh, or maybe, I guess he's not corrupt. He, Is he corrupt? He's... Is corrupt the right word? I guess he's dirty, but not corrupt. I don't know. He's such... Unwashed more than dirty? Yeah, just, it's know. like yeah. he's slightly lazy? grimy. Yeah, he's lazy yeah. and... Right, exactly. I think it's laz- laziness more than anything else yeah, maybe he's not corrupt. Maybe he's not 100% competent, um, but <laughs> but he, he gets the credit somehow for Montoya's hard work. Right. Um, you know. Would you like to talk more about Montoya? Sure. I mean, I think she's a pretty important character in, like, uh, I mean, especially, I, I think she's an important character in, like, the Batman part of the, the DC universe at large. Yeah. Uh, but I also feel like she's probably a, an important character that, like, not a lot of people would be familiar with on, like, a name recognition level. Like, I feel like she is not, like... I, you know, I feel like probably lots of people, a lot more people know who Commissioner Gordon is than Montoya. And to me, Montoya is kind of a more interesting character. Yeah. Uh, that may be unfair to Commissioner Gordon. But, um, but, I think, yeah. for, well, she's gotten a lot more story in the 25 years she's existed than he has in the 60 he has. Um, although you know, I'm sure people disagree with me. But uh, yeah, so I, I mean, one of the reasons I like her is she's just an important character. She's hispanic she's first generation american she's uh, a lesbian who wasn't out and then was outed and that was obviously a storyline that was taking place in the early 2000s so it's a very hot button topic but they've never retconned that out of her changed other um she's since since she was outed in on the in the pages of gotham central um by two-face who was in love with her <laughs> oh um i, I find that part of the the like they, i i kind of wish it was not like by a super villain but it's like ah, it's batman super villains are like you know yeah yeah there's a lot of stuff that they that is their fault it's, so. it's interesting because and you know it, spoiler for convergence which happened about six or seven months ago i guess but they that she had a uh two-part thing it was convergence question i believe and Rucka came back and wrote it, and, and Harvey Dent was involved in it. And it was actually really good and really touching, and it felt like a really nice sort of coda on her story, since he must have known at the time that she was retconned again. Um, but, uh, which I highly recommend. For anyone who's interested in her, I'm happy to give recommendations <laughs> at the end of this about what to read if you like her, but um, or if you're interested in more about her. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, one of the reasons I like her is because she's just a really symbolic victory, sort of for diversity without it being a big issue um i remember when batwoman happened a few years after that um, actually very shortly after gotham central and they got a lot of press coverage from glad and they got which you know well deserved and whatever and there's of course been issues with that since then but um one thing that's never changed about montoya is that she has been sort of an out lesbian uh, Latina woman who is a cop and a good cop and has her issues. She's alcoholic, and um, they dealt with that in uh, you know a really 
no pun intended, sobering way, I guess. And um, but it's something she struggled with, and she struggles with her family and her family's acceptance of her because they're Catholic. And uh, you know, I, I just it's a character that as a lesbian I could associate with immediately. I've been reading comics since I was a kid, and she was at least the first lesbian superhero comic even if she wasn't a superhero at the time that um, at least major character right that was a character that was important even if she doesn't have a cape exactly and then Mm -hmm. when she became question it was even better for me because you know who doesn't want to be a superhero (laughs) right so yeah so i mean i love i love montoya and it's been she's been one of my saddest misses in new 52 um she did come back eventually but i'm not sure what her status is now that rebirth has happened um, and when she did come back, she didn't come question. And I didn't, I don't know if they were leading there. I don't, you know, who knows what's on the mind of DC editorial. <laughs> yeah. So if somebody wanted to read, uh, some Montoya stories in the comics, and it's like, there's so much stuff out there. And it's always, I think people who are not regular comics readers really struggle with like, where, where do I start or, or even dip in? Uh, do, do you have like a, a recommendation for like maybe a good starting point for somebody who wanted to like, to, to see more with that character? Yeah, so I think, I mean, all of her good stuff's written by Greg Rucka, and if you can do Batman without Batman, I, I would recommend Gotham Central to anyone, even if they don't want to read more about Montoya. It's probably one of the best Gotham books ever put out, um, in my opinion. But, so she had, plays a huge role in that, and that's really worthwhile. Uh, um, I think 52 is a little bit unapproachable, and her story is sort of a backup in that. Um, just know it exists but her her main thing was really prime bible five books of blood and that was a five-part miniseries done by greg rucka um and it's basically her after she's already adopted the mantle of the question and she gets uh embroiled in this cult that has sort of larger ties to some bad stuff happening in DC at the time that ended up getting kind of left behind but and she has to sort of figure out what the cult wants with her, what the cult wants with Batman, who, a bat, sorry, Batwoman, not Batman, because Batwoman's evolved, and uh, she, it's kind of her travels across the world, like it's really her first quest as the question, and having to accept her role that way, and it's it's really good, and she gets to be, she gets to be very Montoya-ish, and you know I feel bad for anyone who ever writes Montoya in the future because Greg Rucka did just such a great job. I, I really, I've read a lot of his stuff and I really like, I have not read that. So I will seek that out. I've read all Gotham central, which I really like, but yeah. uh, I have not read the, the, um, could you say the title one more time? Sure. It was crime Bible. Yeah. It's crime Bible. It's the, the subtitle mm-hmm. is like five books of the blood, I believe. Well, um, I will pick that up. Yeah. It's, I don't, I'm, I know it came out in trade. It definitely came out in trade. So I don't think it's digital yet. I'm not sure how people collect. I know I collect digitally most of the time, but um, and then if you can if you can handle a 52 issue series in which she is one sixth of the story, but it's a really good story with um, as she's being groomed and um, she goes to Kandahar and gets embroiled with their politics and it's really quite good. Um, but it's a lot and I, I wouldn't recommend that to somebody who's just trying to get into her as a character. 
So uh, one thing I always like to, uh, I say always as if I've been doing this a ton, but one thing I have done uh, is, you know, some people uh, struggle with picking one episode uh, to talk about for uh, Batman the Animated Series. So I don't know if you have any other kind of favorite uh, episodes that you want to mention or or that people might also want to check out, uh, or if it's like, nope, this was it. This was the one you knew you wanted to do. (laughs) Well, as soon as you asked me, I knew I wanted to do something with Renee Montoya and when we were mm-hmm. talking about it this was and this, this is the like one. the best yeah. one with her right yeah yeah i know she appears a lot as a more minor character in a lot but this is like the one yeah and, and yeah. they give her more stuff to do as it comes along but um i'm trying to think you know it's funny it's been so long since i've watched and by so long i mean 10 15 years i i mm-hmm. have snippets of memories of episodes like the one where he goes into his dreams and he's like i know it's a dream because you can't read in dreams and then he looks yes. at a book um and then i that 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 one is has some like very memorable visuals in it yeah just yeah i i remember too that mechanic where he he looks at the books it's all crazy for Uh, for years and my friend and i just talked about this recently for years the two of us would tell people no you can't read in your dreams like this was some kind of fact we got from batman um but and then the episode where they do the uh dark knight little vignette um yeah that's really great but yeah i i don't i don't really have a uh, an episode I would that would be my go-to, which I guess leads me to think I, it's time for me to rewatch again. <laughs> it's always time. Yeah, <laughs> it's always time for Batman. Cool. Well, I think if if uh, that said, I think we we've we've covered this episode in pretty good detail. We spent a lot of time talking about an episode that's you know not too long, so I think probably this is a good place to wrap it up. All right. Um, so Sam, thanks so much uh, for uh, joining me as one of the first few episodes of this uh, podcast exploration of. Uh, Batman the Anime Series, and if you are interested, I, I know I learned a lot about uh, Rene Montoya today, and I, I thought I knew a decent amount, but there's always more. Uh, and definitely check out uh, Sam's Twitter feed at, at retconning uh, for lots more uh, thoughts and feelings on comics. My my avatar is Rene Montoya, so that's how you know it's me. <laughs> that's it's it, it all fit, fits together. Yep. Uh, so it's it's like one of the questions, grand uh, maps of a conspiracy. Exactly, like it all connects. So yeah, thanks for having me. In the next episode, Joe Rosenstiel and I discuss the classic episode, Feet of Clay, Parts 1 and Part 2.